sisters. If it's your first time listening to She Is Becoming, welcome to the show. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's word together, dedicated to being transformed by the renewing of our mind. You can find our episodes on all the major podcast platforms and on the Minnesota Grace Church app and website. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you can receive notifications when a new episode is posted. And follow us on Instagram at She Is Becoming Podcast so we can pray together, encourage one another, and have some laughs. I've posted some really funny stuff, usually of you. I know, actually I know. on it's, there. It's me being doing blunders. <laughs> I'm not really trying to troll you. I just think yeah. you're the cutest, funniest yeah. person. Yeah. And so sure. I just have to post it. <laughs> like right. I honestly think I'm gonna start something called like prank Bev. Yes. And I'm gonna start like scaring you or something yes. and posting that. Yeah, yeah. Well I, I am a gullible candidate for that. So go ahead. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram. That's why. Really yeah. because not nothing nothing important on there, just because we're gonna scare Bev on yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really will get a good laugh out of that. Well, Delaney, let's get serious for a minute. Um, We are uh, thinking about this topic today, a special topic, and I'm just wondering if God has used this topic to really speak to you lately. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like this morning, like just as I was coming here, and just with everything going on in the world right now, and just all these new changes that are seem like they're going to be implemented and just the weight of all of that and just what what all that means and implies. I really feel like the spirit said to me that my freedom isn't defined by the world's freedom. Like I am free because I am redeemed and so whether like I'm in chains so so I'm not in chains like whether but whether I'm in chains like metaphorically like I feel like I'm in chains or I feel like things are being taken away from me I am free in a way that surpasses understanding like my freedom is is kept and it is secured um by the one who's freed me and that's yeah. in Christ and so I think that we sometimes get in this state of like I'm so worried I'm so concerned about the world but like all of this is already kept for me. And so I should be able to live in a way that is so secure in my freedom in Christ that I'm not worried, that I'm not running around anxious about the world because the world's freedom is never going to be true freedom. And so I really feel like that is what the Lord said to me just this morning and just um, wanted to encourage all of you with that, that like your freedom is not defined by the world's freedom. Like you have a freedom that is secure and that is that is kept in Christ. You know, that's so interesting, Delaney, because something God spoke to me about was resting, hmm. resting in him. And you, I think you're just saying it in a different way of freedom. It, yeah. There's rest in Christ. Well, rest I is don't a sign of to, trust. Right. You don't have to strive or stress or be self-critical all the time. Um, it really, if you can rest and if mm-hmm. you can feel secure, you're going to be um, a a better person to help others. Yeah. Otherwise, you're so self-focused, right? Yeah. So, well, let's get into the topic today. I feel like it's a hard thing to say, but a healthy thing to say, mm-hmm. I'm needy. Ah. <laughs> Culture has cast such a negative connotation on the word needy. We usually hear it used when a girl is either needy for the attention of boys or boys are needy for this or that. Um but God's word tells us that it is actually biblical to need him. Hmm. And and it's it's a it's not good to feel like we don't need him. So I think we need a mind shift here. Um not needing needing God would diminish our need for Jesus, wouldn't it? Amen. Say that. We'd be mm-hmm. self-sufficient. 
We are going to focus on Psalm 63 today, one of my favorite all-time psalms. And in there, we're going to learn how God satisfies our neediness and how he fights for us. So the setting of Psalm 63 is stated before even the text begins. It says, a psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. There's also a reference toward the end of the psalm where he refers to himself as king. So most all the commentators agree that this would have been written when he was on the run um, from his son, not Saul. He's already king, and his son, Absalom, is leading a rebellion against him. There are five chapters in 2 Samuel devoted to this. David flees Jerusalem, going into the desert of Judah, that area outside of Jerusalem. So this is the scene which this psalm takes place. My big takeaway after reading this psalm, and we're going to read it in a minute, um, after reading it, memorizing the psalm, is that David kept his eyes glued on the Lord during his difficult time. David dwells on thoughts about God, not his circumstances Mm. so much, which was interesting. This was the source of his comfort and strength to endure this very personal crisis, keeping his eyes on the Lord. And, you know, we can find ourselves in a desert, away from the familiar, the comfortable. We can find those we love hurting us deeply. Can you imagine a son? Yeah, that's painful. Painful. We can feel rejected and even fear for our life. Like David, our eyes must stay on the only one who does not change, the Lord. David said again and again in many different ways his decision to stay focused upon the Lord and to worship him in his I will statements. You go through this psalm, you see that again and again. He says, I will, I will. It takes an an act of our will to decide we're going to concentrate on the Lord and not on the circumstances. Yeah, and I think that it's it's also cool to pray. It's cool to pray like that Mm -hmm. because it's not like you're saying I will in my own strength, but it's this like spirit, like the spirit's going to empower me like I will. And I think that that's such an amazing, beautiful way to pray. It is. He's choosing to be Mm -hmm. Mm God-focused. I love that. Yeah. So, Delaney, um, let's go through this verse by verse. Yeah. Uh, This is also now one of my favorite psalms. (laughs) This is one that I feel like you can just really sit with for a long time. Like, each one of these, like, phrases and each one of these verses just has so much depth to it. So, uh, I'm going to read it out loud just because it's so beautiful and just so timely. It says, Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings i will sing for joy my soul clings to you your right hand upholds me but those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth they shall be given over to the power of the sword they shall be a portion for jackals but the king shall rejoice in god all who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped that that just is beautiful to me and if you're wondering what a jackal is i had to look it up it's a fox (laughs) so that really threw me for a loop but it's a fox but that is just like so beautiful i think maybe one of my favorite phrases is like your love is better than life 
But let's just get into these first few verses here. There's really like a lot of theology around um, our positional neediness. But I think also it's something that we just feel in our soul. Like it's something that you just know and you just experience that like I'm just I'm needy. And so when we're in pain, we know we need God. When we feel like all hope is lost, we know we need God. When we feel lonely, we know we need God. When we get news that's out of our control, we know we need God. When the when the despair is deep, we know we need God. When we've maybe lost someone that you love, like you know you need God in these moments of pain. And when we feel like we just can't like keep doing what we're doing or going the way we're going, like we know we need God. And so the theology on why we need God is overwhelming, but the feeling of needing him is reality. And so there is strength in needing God. Not because like I'm strong, but because he is. And his strength is just really ever more apparent in our in our neediness. And if we weren't needy, like we wouldn't have a need for God. And so really like it's all just pointing back to him. None of this is about us. And I love like what you said, Bev, that when David wrote this, it was really during a time he needed God. Like he was experiencing this as he was writing it. And I think you can sense that as you read it. He was in the wilderness of Judah, like you said, fleeing from his son who was trying to take his throne. And this song is really just from like one needy saint to the other, which is so beautiful. And so David is really, he's beginning this this song by proclaiming that Elohim is his true, is his God, the one true triune God. And he explains that his soul thirsts for God, like his flesh yearns for him and all around him physically and culturally, like there is only dry and weary land dryness or desert in the Bible. Often it's like kind of like a dry spell, like in your intimacy with God. Um, and so in your life, it can take the form of like, maybe I feel like I can't be in God's presence right now, or I feel far away from him. I'm distant from him. Or maybe it's like, I feel like he's not speaking to me. It'd be like this break in your intimacy with God. And so there is no living water, even though we are all thirsty for it. There is no refreshment. There is nothing that can bring life into our lives except Christ. There is no person, no idol, like no culture like nothing can bring us this living water. And so when we look outside of the living water for these things, we are just going to find desert. But David, he sees God in the sanctuary. It says sanctuary in this context means like apartness, holiness, sacredness, something that's set apart. And so a sanctuary is actually something that's separate from all that is dry and weary. It is something apart from that. And so needy people need sanctuary because like they are surrounded by soul quenching dryness. Like it is innate in us to know that we're needy and why else would like we yearn for more. Like this is something we feel like that we know we need more. And why else would the appeal of satisfaction cause us to so desperately search for it? Like I'm, I feel like we all do this. We're always searching for it somewhere else, the next thing, the next person, whatever. But like something in us knows that we need God. And so God created needy people because he knows that he is what we need. Exactly. Like he knows that he is what we need. And so that longing in us, that yearning in our soul is from him. And so in David's neediness, he was able to see clearly like who the sanctuary was. Because when we're needy, we are able to recognize the provider of sanctuary. And so in this sanctuary, this apartness, in this holy presence, it says in verse two that you, that we can see your power and your glory because in our neediness, the power and the glory of God radiates. It is ever more apparent in our neediness. And in our neediness, we acknowledge who God is as our sanctuary. 
which ought to breed like an appreciation that he is my sanctuary like this this should feel like it's like a gift because then we can it's like i would say neediness is like a gift because then we know that we need god like this is this is i wouldn't even think of it as something bad think of it as like a gift absolutely you know do you want to go in your own power your own strength your own knowledge your own wisdom or do you want to go in his yeah Amen. Yeah. And so our neediness ought to induce like a richer appreciation that he isn't needy. Instead, he is the answer to all of my needs. And so then to see and experience the power and the glory of God cements the fact that he is our sanctuary, like in whom we find everything. Like when you are in God's presence and um, you really have just seen him in your life and you've experienced him, that really, I think, just cements that in you, that he is our sanctuary. And so this also connotates that like sanctuary from the dry and weariness of life is not a place um it's a person and in this person's presence our needs are met and the satisfaction of our soul is fulfilled and then in the next part um of this passage like depending on your version it says your loving kindness your favor maybe it says or your steadfast love is what our version says is better than life and so not only does it mean that god's favor allows for us to have life it satisfies the daily qualms of our life. So it's this positional thing, like it gives us life, but every day, like his love is sustaining us just to get through that this day. And so our eternal life is contingent on God's favor and our daily life is sustained by his favor. The loving kindness and the steadfast love of Christ is better than life because it fills. It's it's not gonna give you that dryness like society and like culture will give you. And so as David is having this experience with God, like he praises him, he blesses him. And so Another thing that we would say, which is directly from this passage, is let your neediness lead you to worship. Yeah. Like that's how that's how David kept his eyes glued on God, like you were saying, is that he was worshiping him. He was like, I recognize that I am needy and that you fulfill my needs. And so I'm able to worship you in that. And so worship really like focuses your neediness onto God who fulfills all your needs. That's right. And that helps in the situation you're in, in the dry, yes. parched land. That's the solution is mm-hmm. to turn to God. We If we continue to turn to ourselves, we're going to come up empty handed and our emptiness and the dryness is just going to continue and even get worse yeah without him so well let's go on delaney in verses six through eight where david says to god when i remember you on my bed who god is his promises his presence so david is remembering who god is i meditate on you during the night watches you know when you're alone remember who god is even in the nighttime stillness god sees you And then he goes on to say, for you have been my help. He has helped me before and he will help me again. David's remembering, he's helped me. You have been my help. We need to look back and have courage to look forward. And then it goes on, he says, and in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. In other words, I'm covered by you. I feel safe and secure in you. And then he goes on, my soul clings to you. You know what? I have nothing. You have nothing, Delaney. We have nothing else to cling to except the Lord. Because we cling to humans, we cling to circumstances, we cling to things, and all of them will disappoint. Mm-hmm. All will let us yeah. down. But David is choosing to have his soul cling to God. And then he goes on, your right hand takes hold of me. Your righteousness protects me. You will always be good to me. Your right hand holds me. Think about the security that that 
really reveals here. Well, it's like that he'll never do wrong by me. Like he's righteous. He's not going to hurt me. He's trustworthy. And his right hand is his strong hand. Mm -hmm. Verse six, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. You know, I was kind of happy to read this because I could see that David is having sleep issues, <laughs> which I do on well, occasion as well. Yeah. yeah. So sleep issues are so common to all of us, maybe for a season, maybe it's more chronic. What is David doing with his mind as his eyes are wide open? He's thinking about God. Hmm. He's remembering what's true about God. I know when I can't sleep, sometimes I'll go through the alphabet thinking of all the different attributes of God. I and that really helps that. me. Yeah. Really helps me. Or, or to be thinking of a passage or to go over my memory verses just to get my mind in a place of peace um, when I'm thinking on God, when mm-hmm. I'm laying there restless. David is not alone as one hour passes after another. The Lord is there with him. And I love that. He's not alone. He had to feel very alone. Even though he's probably surrounded by his people, he's still very alone. This was about, you know, this was a personal attack upon him. So when you're awake, are your thoughts on God and fellowship with him? Or here's what we usually do. We replay events. Hmm. (laughs) Or we worry. We worry about Mm -hmm. that loved one or ourselves. Um, We're wrestling with the covers and I don't know about you, but I can actually start to get angry that I can't sleep. <laughs> angry wrestling with the covers. Yeah, remember that this. Pillow. Yeah, remember this verse. David will remember and think on God. Here's mm. another one of those I will statements. Verse 7, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. David's expectation for what he needs is his difficult situation is the expectation that God has got this because you are my help. He's already anticipating God's help. This reminds me of Peter when he tried to walk on water. What was this plea when he started to sink? Help. Mm-hmm. You know, and David said, because you are my help. Humanity. Let's go big picture for a minute. Humanity and their sinful rejection of God through sinful acts on their way to judgment need help. Mm. More specifically, we need a helper. We need a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. To be under his wings is an image of God's protection. When we we are given protection from God's wrath as we receive Christ as our Savior. We're also protected in many ways in just everyday life. We may not know until we get to heaven this full perspective. I have prayed for God to protect me or a loved one in so many situations. Uh, What a beautiful way to express God's protection, singing in the shadow of his wings. So that Mm. means that I'm at peace. I can sing because God's wing is over me. I needn't fear. I love that picture. Verse 8, he says, I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. I get a great picture here in my mind when I read this verse. I see me with both arms around Jesus, clinging to his neck. And That's so sweet. However, securely wrapped around me, is his right arm. Hmm. See, I think it's up to me to hang on, but actually it's the strong arm of God who keeps me safe. Hmm. Clinging is like abiding. Clinging is thirsting for God. Clinging is wanting and, our key word, needing him. Needing. Mm -hmm. So when scripture talks about the Lord's right arm, it is speaking of his power, his strength. One verse I think often uh, about is from Numbers 11.23. People were complaining, there's no, there's nothing to eat here, All just this manna. You know, they're complaining to God and to Moses. The Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. So, wow, yes, God's arm is never too short, never too weak. 
His right arm upholds us. Mm. God rules with a mighty arm. God cares tenderly for us with his mighty arm. And he carries us in our weakness, our neediness, in his everlasting arms. From Deuteronomy 33, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He's going to drive out your enemies before you. So how can we apply these thoughts to our lives? I wonder, are you clinging? Good. Are you clinging to one whose arms are never too short, never too weak to act on your behalf? Do you believe this in your desperate and your needy situation today? Hmm. And sometimes I feel like when we're not clinging, it's like because we're so caught up, like we've said, we're just relying on me. Mm-hmm. I'm just relying on me. And so I, I can't ask for help from God's people. I can't be vulnerable with God's people. I can't be vulnerable with God because I got a front, like I've got it all together and like I'm not a needy person. And I feel like that's also what culture says is like you have to have it all together. You you can't show weakness. Um, and God's word is says the opposite of that. It does. It does. It says cling to me. Like mm-hmm. you need me. Yes. So that's a good place to be. Um, And so if we continue um, down into this passage, verses 9 through 11, we can see that David has spent time in the presence of God. He has cried out to God. He has remembered who God is. Um, He's remembered those characteristics about God. He has a right perspective of God. But his life is still in danger. Like there's still a threat to is still a threat from his son. There's still pain. And so that is why, like you said, the right hand of God comforts him. Like God's righteousness protects us. He always does the right thing. And so also, I think another thing to keep in mind for all of us needy people is like the righteousness and the justice of God should comfort the needy because we need God to fight for us. So these aren't things that are dependent on me. Like I don't always have to be the one to fight because God's going to fight for me. And so when you're in the desert place, like there's this really this awareness of your neediness, right? Like when you're suffering, when you're in pain, you really are aware of your neediness and the characteristics of God, like his loving kindness, his justice, his righteousness. I think they become really sacred to you. Mm -hmm. Um, our, Our experiences don't awaken scripture, like scripture is already alive, but experiences help us to relate to and rely on scripture. I think when you're in that place and you hear those things, um, it just is this different, this different intimacy when you're going through it. Um, And so that's really where they are. And then the passage goes on and says, they will be turned over to the power of the sword and they will be a prey for foxes or jackals, whichever one you want to say. But this was customary, like after a battle, foxes would devour any kind of um, remains. And so there is no escaping the right hand of God. Um, And there will really, what it's saying is that there will be nothing left over for the foxes to consume. And so then you continue on. It says, everyone who swears by him will boast for the mouths of those who speak lies will be stopped. And this really reminded me um, when we were reading this of Isaiah 54, 17, it says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me declares the Lord. And also in Romans, God promises that like vengeance is his to repay. And so God is our deliverer. We can have confidence 
that because he is righteous, he will protect us from unrighteousness. And so that should also feel like a weight off for you. Like, this is not up to me to be the one fighting these battles. The Lord has me in this. And so I hope that that also comforts you today too, that like, you just don't have to always rely on, you don't have to rely on yourself for that. We're not meant to. This is who God is. He's Mm -hmm. a deliverer. Bevan Delaney, not deliverers, says that God is our deliverer. Mm -hmm. Love that thought. Well, Delaney, let's leave our listeners with an important thought. And the important thought here is we all take our turns in the needy seat. Yeah. We all have our turns. Yeah. Uh, Nobody goes through life without being in a place of extreme need, really. Um, In fact, we're always in need of the Lord each day, but... At times, we're more aware of our neediness. We really feel like that is exactly where we are in that needy seat. Acknowledging our neediness, seeking God in that neediness, is when we receive from the Lord's hand what we need most. It may not always be what we think we need that he gives us, for (laughs) sure, but we will have his presence, his powerful hand at work, even if it is behind the scenes. We have, when we choose to, by saying, I will focus on who God is and what he has done and what he has promised in the future. When we focus on the I wills, you're going to have that beautiful uh, peace that you can have Mm. even in the needy seat. So how about if I pray? Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this important truth that we are needy people. We just put on a charade, Lord, when we put on that happy face so often and not telling anyone, not even admitting to ourselves how needy we really are. Would you help us to be more vulnerable? Would you help us to be completely transparent before you, acknowledging our neediness so that we might cast ourselves upon you? Help us, Lord, to take our thoughts from circumstances and ourself into who you are yes, Jesus. and as we're in that needy seat and we're focused on you our eyes just latched upon who you are we will find the comfort the strength and the assurance that we need to walk through these needy times in christ's name amen 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 well it was great to be with you sisters join us in two mondays on she is becoming